0: This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we've got a very exciting episode. We're going to talk about some fossil news that includes a giant reptile uh, found in Italy, I believe, a baby megalodon uh, that is bigger than a human also a giant new discovery of the biggest dinosaur they think ever. We'll talk about that. And we are going to go into all kinds of rocks and gemstone stuff. We've got garnet sands, give some clues to new minerals. We've got stitchite. We've got some great geode news, a couple great geode news information to share with you. Um, And also, we've got several uh, conversations on some turquoise mines in the southwest some very popular ones and a little bit of in-depth information on that so if you're interested in any of that stuff stick with us we want to thank you for your support for liking, sharing, uh, being a part, commenting. It's always appreciated. We try to get back with everybody because we appreciate that so much. Uh, as you know, we're trying to keep rock hounding alive. All things rocks, gems, and minerals. We've got our website up and going. Radicalrocks.com R-A-D-I-A-C-L Rocks, R-O-C-K-S.com, Radicalrocks.com And I'll put a link in the description so you can come check it out. You scroll to the bottom. You'll get all of our social media links, whether they be videos, blogs, um, and whatnot. And you can join and be part of the community and get involved in that and get information or share and contribute along with others. Um, so let's get right into these articles and information that I have researched and looked up for your entertainment and educational benefit, um, But first off, I like to recognize, um, just randomly as they pop up, some of the old rock hounds that uh, have gone before us and are uh, now passed on. David Wallbloom was born in 1940 in North Dakota. Um, He passed away on the 30th in Lancaster California he was a big rock hound he did a lot of carvings and gemstones and even opened up a lapidary shop in 1965 that uh, lasted for quite a while guy had a very interesting life and uh, I'm know he will be missed also another gentleman passed away Alton uh, Pettit Jr. passed away December 4th and um he was born in Lubbock, Texas and uh, was an avid mineral and lapidary um, lover and uh, has gone to do the rock hounding in the sky, as it were. So, Next, Argentina fossil could belong to the largest terrestrial creature ever. Um, this article was put out by Austin Rain M and it's found in nature world news at the natureworldnews.com website and this is a seropod they've got a picture of it depicted there Um, they didn't find a whole lot of the bones but some of the bones they have are indicating that this is bigger than the biggest um pteropods ever or seropods rather seropods ever uh it was unearthed in um Where was it here? Argentina. Argentina, and the biggest seropods are up to 59 feet long, and they believe this one even got bigger. Um, It's a new specimen, and they feel that, uh, let's see, the remains originated from the pedicotinian, and were discovered, meaning much information is still unknown about the seropod species. So they do know that this has been found in an area where other type of uh, ceropods have been reported. And they feel um, that they've also found that these animals coexisted together as they were uh, plant eaters and such in the late Cretaceous period. So kind of interesting. You can look that up if you are into fossils and dinosaurs. Also in Italy, a prehistoric uh, giant reptile, they believe they found that roamed the Italian Alps some uh, millions of years ago, as they guesstimate. And this creature was probably about 15 to 18 feet long, but uh, kind of a neat discovery back um in Italy in the Alps. Not not too many dinosaur findings there that I'm aware of. And then another study in the media.market.us written by Wayne Ross uh, January 18th talks about some studies that are finding that the infant megalodons, the babies, just freshly born were uh, probably about six and a half feet in length which uh, this is just indicating... Um, that uh, they were very large. This is new information. They know that the adults, based on um, trying to guess from the size of the teeth and what little um, bone structure they found from jawbone, I believe, is that uh, these creatures were nearly 50 feet long. Pretty incredible. Now, we've got all kinds of rock, gem, and mineral news today. One that I thought was really great is a new amethyst geodiscovered in Uruguay and both of our geode discoveries are from Uruguay today and this one is for sale. Trust me you've got to go check this out. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up. This is a heart-shaped amethyst geode. Um, They split it right in two. They've got beautiful pictures here. You can look this up at goodnewsnetwork.org and uh, it is dated January 17th. It's titled Stunning Heart-Shaped amethyst geode discovered by miners in uruguay and it's for sale and i mean it's a perfect heart it is incredible this and it's well set in this like slate like mineral and the amethysts are these deep deep dark dark purple with um like a quartz around the outside edge as a border to this heart and they are just spectacular so it was a lot of work for them to uh, dig through this huge terrain of basalt but uh, this find of this beautiful heart-shaped amethyst-filled geode was definitely a nice reward now if you're in san diego um, in fact i would use this idea anywhere you live if you know of a park a national park or any kind of recreational park or a county park um, In San Diego, they have a place called Mission Trails, and uh, in San Diego County, and you can go on walks and hikes and stuff like that. But they also put on special events. In this case, at the Mission Times Courier, and um, you just look that up: MissionTimesCourier.com, and the article is dated January 15th. You can see the article about Mission Trails offers forums on the park's geology you can actually go through with somebody who's experienced and they will talk to you about the geology and point out all these different things and i've been in the mission trails gorge and there is some incredible geology there it's free of charge in this case um you go to their website uh mtrp.org and um you can sign up for that and um find out about this geology tour the article goes on to talk a little bit about the geology there about the building blocks of the park and um, it is broke up into four sections of how the park changed over the past Millennials and developed the landscape and geology that we see today so that could be available at other places too. something you could look up now here's another article geology history written in garnet sand dated January 23rd by the Syracuse University by ScienceDaily.com and and, uh, what it talks about here is there's this beach of garnet sand geology history written in garnet sand uh, southwest of the Pacific north of Australia and there's all this garnet sand well what the heck is it where did it come from It says that this is like a message in the bottle that travels across the ocean. So these sediments somehow, during storms, have, through erosion and whatnot, are carrying rocks and information from another time and another place and revealing a story from deep within the earth, some 75 miles, and then returning to the surface, then ending up as this beach, sand, and grains of sand telling us how rocks have changed and how minerals have changed and this particular area it is preserved in a garnet entrapped in these inclusions in the garnets are very rare minerals such as uh, coesite a high pressure form of quartz liquids waters and gases very interesting when you read the footnotes on this article from uh, Susan Baldwin She talks about that these minerals are being recycled through the surface, deep, they go deep into the upper mantle and back to the surface again from a result of the tectonic and sedimentary processes and end up on this beach. It's just crazy. So they can see that this is happening and this is part of the puzzle, finding out that down in that area where there's ultra high pressure metamorphic rocks and these are occurring uh, and this group of researchers are seeing that this is a hotspot where there is potentially new minerals and new rocks that are recycling right now, right before our eyes. So pretty cool. By looking at this and watching it they are finding that the history is repeating itself right before our very eyes. Now you may have remembered, uh, we talked about it, the giant Tanzanite discoveries. There's a miner there, he owns uh, cattle and he also mines in the Tanzanite area, uh, which of course is in Africa. And he found, like, the three largest Tanzanites. I mean, one day he found the largest one, and then another day he found, like, the second and third largest one, Uh, all within a period of a few weeks, uh, maybe even a shorter time period. And just, it was worth millions of dollars in American money, billions of dollars in this Tanzania currency. And at that time, like a lot of us do when we hit good times, he made a lot of promises. He said he was going to build a shopping center for the community because it's poor there. He was going to build a, a school. Well, the good news is, is after he became a millionaire selling his Tanzanite, he held true to his promises. And boy, isn't it nice to see somebody who's affluent or in power actually keep their promises in a world where we see so many people say one thing and then do the other in, in positions of power and uh those with money and such so he built that school, it's a multi-million dollar school and certainly a wonderful, wonderful treasure he is to his community God bless that man and his effort to help his community by doing that another wonderful geode discovery um, in Uruguay, you can look this up at mymodernmet.com um, My Modern Met is the name of the website, and there is a picture here of a gentleman who is dwarfed by this huge, deep, dark, royal, hugely dark purple amethyst geode stands some 20 feet tall and within it are two spectacular yellow crystals as big as his head longer than his head I believe they're probably a calcite but uh, wow gorgeous gorgeous crystal weighs some 10,000 pounds um, just one half of it and this one gigantic piece clocked in at 26,000 pounds and 22 feet tall What a finding. you got to check this out. These geode stories are just too much to believe. Um, There's several pictures here, very good pictures, of these beautiful, spectacular, just museum quality. (laughs) I mean, I would pay money to go in and be able to spend uh, a few hours looking at these. I wouldn't have no problem paying an entrance fee just to look at these magnificent specimens of giant... Amethyst geodes from Uruguay. Wow. Okay. Rock and Jim Magazine. You go to rock and and, uh, and then jim.com and you are there. I get their emails. Um, you can click on them. They had a wonderful article on Stitch Tight, which Stitch Tight is one of the few beautiful purple gemstones that you can find. Sometimes it is also laced with a little bit of, um, I believe, serpentine because it's kind of a green. This article came out January 14th by Russ Kenyuth, and he says stitchite is a warm, welcoming stone. I can attest to that. I have worked with it once. It um, it's very soft, um, but it has wonderful hues, hues rather, of pink um, all the way through purple, lilac, and deep purple. The one I had was uh, kind of a dark purple, but they have some beautiful um, lavender ones here. It's mined in various places globally, but it's most known from the Stitchite Hill Mine on the island of Tasmanian in the Australian southern region. And the stone was actually named after the manager of the mine, Robert Carl Stitch. So it's a carbonite. Um, It's mainly... um, chromium and magnesium is very soft about two on the Mohs scale so you're definitely um, probably going to need to to use a hardener and a backing on this uh, one or both depending and um, it also is with a lime green serpentine when it is found that way it is known as Atlantisite and it comes from the same region um, with the contrasting colors kind of a lemon, lemon green kind of Um, Not really a yellow, but kind of a yellowish green, I guess. Now, when you are looking for a cabochon, you want to make sure that um, it is stabilized. If you're looking for material, you want to make sure you stabilize it and possibly put a backing on it. When you cut it, you need to be very aware that this material can fall apart into pieces. I was thinking of um, if I had it and, and it wasn't treated, I would probably cut like a thin, thin edge off on of one side or maybe even lap it down flat and then maybe glue a harder stone to the back um, maybe a, a slice of uh, something dark or maybe even something clear that's harder and then uh, glue that to the back and then go ahead and cut the whole slab off um, that might be one way to do it, but they say check check it, don't use any grit over 220 and um, you know to shape it and then go to the 600 and then um, polish it. It will get eat up very quickly you will want to take it down to a 1200 grit wheel and um, it should polish up pretty nicely but uh, if it doesn't you'll have to go to either 8000 8, or 14000 grit and then you're going to get your um, polishing you do not want to use any polishing compounds with this particular mineral um, and if you want to find out more about this just look up that article on Rock and Jim, and uh, you'll have all that information. Okay? Um, next, I want to talk about um, a lot of turquoise. A lot of turquoise. I have um, been putting some turquoise uh, specimens on our website, RadicalRocks.com, for sale. Um, there's a lot of items for sale there if you're interested. We're trying to put some nice minerals and specimens up there check it out but one of the turquoise that i have come across now in the southwest united states there are like a top 10 top 20 rare turquoise and among that um uh the top 10 i believe is icata peak turquoise and the reason it's so rare is that that actual mountain and that actual peak is gone okay (laughs) they actually mined the whole thing away now, it is located, that hill was located next to the Kingman mine in Arizona, but Ikata Peak has always been very collectible and sought after. And all of the Ikata Peak that I have uh, accumulated and collected, some of it myself, some of it from a friend of mine, um, is has a beautiful characteristics of blue, and sometimes with matrix, and sometimes with green, and sometimes both together. Now, this is in Arizona. In the 1960s, there was two peaks, um, about a mile or two apart, I believe, located in Kingman Mountains, which yielded this fine turquoise, the Icati Peak Turquoise, and the Turquoise Mountain Peak, um, which is still there, but the mine is closed, and it operated up until about the 1970s. Turquoise Mountain um, shows turquoise light to high blue with both webbed and non-webbed matrix and also a famous bird's eye. Um, this can be found in Peak samples as well. I found a couple with a bird's eye to it. These stones have a light blue circle with a di- darker blue matrix that resembles the eyes of bird. And there's several of them, and there's several dots typically in a bird's eye piece in a good sample. So you have these little orbs of blue within it. It uh, can be quite beautiful, can be faint sometimes, can be darker. Um... And it is considered a classic, um, all of the turquoise from the peak. Now, the reason we can still mine the Peak today, uh, the friend of mine who does it, is because he has uh, pretty much uh, exclusive access to the old tailings that came out of that area. Um, there is still a huge tailing pile, and many, many hours there can yield you um, a piece or two of turquoise. So I've been able to go over there and spend the day uh, sledgehammering and was able to find a few pieces here and there. Beautiful. Um, well, let's see if I have any more information on ica Most of the ica is pretty hard, but sometimes you will find it with a matrix, and uh, the matrix will try to break away from the turquoise. If you want that look, um, you may have to add a hardener to it to keep it together. But uh, also, you can find pieces that can be polished and um, just the way they are. Now, one way, if you own turquoise, you need to know that this will absorb the oils from your hands or any other kind of oil. You don't want to cut it with oil. Um, You want to clean turquoise with warm, soapy water and never use steam, never use an ultrasonic cleaner, don't use heat, and don't use solvents because all of these things can damage turquoise. Okay, There's a lot of fake turquoise out there as well, so be aware. Of that, that's what I've got on Icata Peak turquoise. Also, another mine that uh, I have uh, accumulated a little bit of turquoise from was called the Blue Sky Mine. Now, it really the that's a lesser known name for this mine. Uh, Most historical records go call it the Blue Eagle Mine. The Blue Eagle turquoise was discovered by um, Cutler. Edgar. He had a very sharp eye and dug only for top grade material. He bought that mine along with his brothers in 1940. Uh, It's close to Tennebo, Nevada. It produced only a small amount of spiderweb turquoise for about 10 years. Uh, It's considered to be uh, pretty much no more of that turquoise left. The Blue Eagle area is located two miles west of Pilot Mountain Mine, and there's a series of moderate-sized pit excavations that have been worked during the period of high turquoise demand in the 1960s and 70s. Of course, it's been picked over many times uh, after that, and there are still people who are um, working small little uh, digs in the area. This has produced some very unusual turquoise uh, pseudomorphs where the material assumes the form of another mineral, usually apatite. The Blue Eagle Mine had recently been reclaimed by the Olson family and maybe worked today. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if that's still doing it, but it produces many nuggets. These blue nuggets resemble uh, the Arizona turquoise, which is um, very, very... uh, You know, sought after, but the Blue Eagle again, this uh, is located in um, Nevada where the state mineral is turquoise. There, okay. Let's see if I have any other information on that. I believe that is it. Um, A lot of times, the stuff that's pulled out of there today, though, from this area and maybe even this mine is a little bit on the soft side. You do not have to color it, but it will probably require some hardening um, to keep it stable for jewelry. But the nuggets are really nice. I've had a turquoise nugget ring made out of that that I've worn for many, many years working with. Uh, It has been stabilized, but uh, it is good stuff. And I think that's all I... Oh, actually, I had something on Kingman mine. Let me see... What did I do with the Kingman mine? Kingman mine. Here it is. Kingman turquoise. Um, okay. Let me tell you a little bit about Kingman turquoise. Uh, if you don't already know. It is still available today. They are mining uh, Kingman turquoise. They have a uh, a processing plant called the Cold. I, th- I think it's Both. It's C-O-L-B-A-U-G-H, and what they did was uh, they are digging it. They will harden. A lot of it is hardened. Um, A lot of it, uh, they save all the dust from what they cut. They cut a lot of it and make it into cabochons and jewelry. You can buy rough there. Um, they do have high quality. They do come across little bits of spiderweb and bird's eye and uh, one with a brown matrix that is quite beautiful, but uh, very, very little. And you have to buy that by the uh, gram, I believe. And um, it, it's very expensive and hard, hard to come by. So... This mine is in the Mineral Park area in the Carrot Mountains, about 14 miles northwest of Kingman. It was first mined by the Native Americans. Um, There's three sites of prehistoric mining locations in the state of Arizona. Mineral Park was almost extensively worked by the Native Americans, um, but uh, even... Ancient tunnels and trenches were found in the area. Peak and the turquoise mine, formerly called Aztec Mountain or Aztec Peak, are the most famous of the peaks in the area containing turquoise. So you can just imagine if this place is called Aztec Mountain, Aztec Peak, um, as Uh, National Geographic has found, or reported on anyway, a lot of that Aztec turquoise did come from South America and uh, likely could have come from this area. Now, uh, these hammers that they found that belong to Navajo um, uh, prospectors date back to 600 AD. Amazing, amazing. Um, In the late 1800s to 1900s, Mineral Park was mined by the Aztec Turquoise Company. Um, It was also mined by the Los Angeles Gem Company, the Arizona Turquoise, the Southwest Turquoise, and Mineral Park Turquoise. And in the same area, Tiffany's also mined a beautiful baby blue robin egg turquoise, which you can even go visit that area. Uh, As far as I know, it's open to walk through and look and see general information um, about this kingman turquoise um, let's see let's see let's see a little bit more information turquoise kingman turquoise is now mined by s.a. Colbroth grandson marty kolbroath uh, turquoise was the first stone recorded in history to be used as a gem according to the library of congress Um, Also, the name turquoise comes from the French, describing a stone that came from Turkestan, or Turkey, in Central Asia, uh, extending from the Capsion Sea to the Gobi Desert. Turquoise has been found in crypts, dating back from the first dynasty in Egypt, more than 7,000 years ago, they claim. The mines... In the southwest coast of uh, Sinai Peninsula are thought to be the sources. Deposits east of Tibet were reported by Europeans as early as the 16th and 14th century in India, and Marco Polo reported turquoise in his travels to China. The Aztec Indians of Central America had abundance of the prized ore uh, and lots of gold uh, that they traveled all the way to the southwest to find turquoise, and they demanded turquoise as a tribute from their neighboring states so um, it comes the kingman blue basin turquoise comes from dark blue gray to a gray matrix to a light brown um, to even a dark dark gray almost black matrix is rarely found but sometimes can be obtained so anyway hope you enjoyed today's podcast Hope you found it informative and entertaining. And uh, with that, please check out our website, RadicalRocks.com. And remember, rockhounds don't die, they petrify.